Hello, I'm M3, and this is my opinion for Tuesday, December 10th, 2019. Here today to recap and react to last night's matchup on Monday Night Football between the 2-10 and 10 New York Giants and the 5-7 and 7 Philadelphia Eagles. Two teams playing for two entirely different purposes. For the Giants, you know, it's just to get a win at this point. The fact they've lost eight games in a row, a franchise uh, record. Now they're going back to Eli Manning with uh, Daniel Jones having a high ankle sprain. One last chance for Eli to play in prime time because the growing opinion is that Eli is either going to retire after this year or if he wants to keep playing, it won't be for the New York Giants. So one last chance for Giant fans to see their guy, their one of the faces of the history of their franchise, have a shot at glory. What with the Eagles, it's to get off the snide because somehow, some way, with even with as bad as they've played recently, they're still in the mix for the NFC East because of the incompetence of the Dallas Cowboys. Even at five and seven, coming in with Injuries galore up and down on their wide receiver core um, without Deshaun Jackson, without Nelson Aguilar. They're still alive, still at a point where if they won out, they get a playoff berth as NFC East champions. And last night, they it wasn't easy for the Eagles, but managed to come away with a 23-17 victory over the Giants in overtime. A game that, let's face it, you knew playing in the bad conditions that you saw last night that it was going to be kind of an ugly game. We didn't get much offense in the first quarter. Even Eagles going to what I thought was a desperate measure on their second drive of the game going for it on fourth down in their own territory with uh, Wentz getting stopped there. But the Giants didn't have much of anything going offensively or either. you know. And th- this would grow to be a trend for most of the night. But surprisingly, the second quarter, their offense came alive here. Eli's uh, throwing down the field had two uh, long touchdown drives with uh, Darius Slade and the guy that I don't think he's even had much playing time uh, in their careers together. He had seemingly as much to uh, sink and the locked up communication as Daniel Jones has shown with Slayton this year. Had two long touchdown drives in the uh, second quarter, got them to 17-3 at halftime. And you, you're looking at this and you say, what? what? the hell else could go wrong with the Eagles? They lose Alshon Jeffries uh, to a, a foot injury, and now it looks like he may be out for the rest of the season with an Achilles problem. And do they even want to go to the postseason at this point? I mean, they're playing a Giants team that hasn't won since the month of September, playing a quarterback that hasn't played since week two. They're at home in ugly conditions and they're having essentially a no-show on offense. Only able to muster a nine-play field goal drive in the 
second quarter. But other than that, pretty much either going three and out or getting stopped on what seemed like a desperate third down attempt. Thing for them is that what you've seen uh, over this year, even when the Giants play good for a half, they always get in their own way and find a way to lose a game. And let's face it, they're lucky that they have two wins on the season. They should have lost to the Buccaneers in week three. If not for a missed field goal, they'd be a uh, one-win team th- this year. But you know, in the second half, their offense completely disappeared. A lot of it because um, two things. One, I think they got away a little bit from running the ball with Saquon Barkley. He uh, seemed to have uh, a little bit of effectiveness in the first half. Had about 50 yards in the first half. And you know, when you got a, a two-touchdown lead like that, you want to try and milk the clock, especially against a team that's desperate continue to build up a high anxiety on the other side of the field. But no, they they didn't uh, take advantage of the run game, had you know, some problems on the offensive line, especially with uh, Nate Soldier, who's been a terrible signing for uh, the Giants. And you know, tried to get cute instead of sticking with what worked in the second quarter. They were throwing the ball down the field, taking uh, shots deep against uh, this, these suspect corners of uh, the Eagles. And it, it seemed that you know they completely got away from Slade in, in the, the second half. Don't re- remember uh, you know, seeing him one time make a, a uh, big play in, in the second half. Most of his... Uh, effectiveness was in the second quarter and you know just kept giving opportunities to the Eagles to get back into this is it, it turned into a three and out fest for the Giants in the second half much like it was for the Eagles in uh, the first half and you now the 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 biggest one that people will have a problem with of course is the Second to last drive of regulation of the last drive was just, you know, a kneel down at, at this point. But the last drive of regulation, they got the ball back after the two-minute warning, got on their own, own 25-yard line. And within 18 seconds, they're already punting the ball um, back to uh, the Eagles. I mean, you have a uh, simple little pass to the right to Caden Smith, they uh, tried to hit Darius Slayton uh, to the left, but uh, that was a um, miss. And then on a the very next play, they tried to go back to Slayton, but that's uh, once again knocked down by the Eagles' uh, defense. And at this point, the Eagles had started to rally, started to gain some momentum. You know, they have uh, the long touchdown drive to, to uh, end the, the uh, second, the third quarter, excuse me, uh, with uh, Boston Scott, who had barely even heard this guy's name before last night, but he was uh, a, an effective uh, pass catcher for them out of uh, the backfield, as we would go to see as uh, the, this game played on. Uh, the, I mean, 
the Eagles had to try something. They were at a point where they were playing three tight ends at, at the same time with all the problems they have at wide receiver and using uh, Scott as a running back, a uh, receiving back out of the backfield uh, to uh, make plays down the field. And that seemed to uh, give their offense a bit of a spark, Give uh, get them uh, going here a bit. And you figured... You know, with any NFL team, you give them enough opportunities, especially against a Giants defense as poor as it's been this year, they're going to eventually take advantage of it. When you have a Super Bowl winning head coach, when you have a a quarterback that people have questioned this year, wondering what's up with him, why has he had a down year? Well, a lot of that is who he's throwing to. I mean, he can't throw the ball to Zach Ertz on every single play. He's got to have someone step up and make some plays for him. And th- uh, thankfully for him, he was going up against a uh, Giants secondary that for the most part played well, but when uh, it came time to be uh, shut down to try and uh, keep the Eagles in check, uh, weren't able to hold serve. And, you know, the the fi- you're looking at the uh, final two minutes here. I mentioned, you know, the Giants drive where they only had uh, taken uh, 21 seconds off the clock. The Giants still had all of their timeouts going into the final two minutes. They could have stopped the clock here, tried to give themselves one more chance in regulation, could have given... Eli, one last shot to uh, maybe hoist one up. Maybe you uh, get lucky and Slayton has another deep shot or you get a pass interference penalty downfield to set you up in a reasonable uh, field goal situation. But, you know, Pat Shermer just sat there, sat on his timeouts, um, not realizing that, hey, these don't carry into overtime. And you know, didn't use uh, uh, their first timeout until there was 19 seconds left in regulation. At that point, it, it's you know, what good does it serve then? Use wasting a timeout on a, a fourth down like that. And you have the feeling that if the Giants don't get the football to start overtime, they were going to lose this game they were they were going to uh fall short here because their their defense had you know played well enough to remain competitive through this game but with the fact that the Eagles got hot in the fourth quarter that Wentz uh you know had some of these no-name guys uh, like Scott uh step up for him uh that he was going to eventually find a way to pick apart this uh, Giants defense. And you you look at, you know, the last drive, of course, most people are going to bring up how the hell do, do you leave Zach Ertz that wide open in uh, the end zone? Well, my big issue with them is the fact that it, it seemed like every play the Eagles were going to the right. You have the the slant to um, Miles Sanders to the right. You have uh, Boston Scott's uh, uh, run to the right uh, that got them in Giants territory. Everything, everything they did in 
that overtime period was a play to the right. I mean, they finally uh, started to uh, figure that out somewhat when uh, the Eagles got uh, about 25 yards away from the end zone, stopping uh, Miles Sanders on that first down there. But at that point, it was too late. You knew that it was only a matter of uh, when, not if, the Eagles were going to um, win this game. And eventually they get in a um, goal-to-go situation. Zach Ertz left wide open in the end zone, inexcusably, by uh, this uh, Giants defense. And the Eagles come away with a win, survive. um, Not pretty win, I mean, but... Hey, a win's a win. You'll take the wins when you're the Eagles any way uh, possible with how much of a struggle it's been for them recently. Now, you know, if you're the Eagles, you uh, move on and look at the fact that it's all right in front of you. You have three games left to play this year. You're going to be doing them without, you know, a lot of your weapons can in all likelihood, going to be doing without Alshon Jeffries. We'll see on the status of Nelson Aguilar. But you have three games ahead of you where you take care of business. You win your games. You will get into the postseason. And you you look at their the final three games of their schedule. Yeah, two out of three of them are on the road. But those two games are against the Redskins who... No, no Redskins fans are even attending their games pretty much at this point. That that might be a Eagles house this coming Sunday. And week 17 against uh, the Giants at, at MetLife Stadium, where that place might be like a morgue as they're getting ready to say goodbye to Eli Manning in all likelihood will be the end of his tenure as um, New York Giants uh, quarterback. The game in the middle there is, I know they say you got to take it one game at a time, but that's the most important one of the mix here because you're going up against the Dallas Cowboys. They got one victory against you already. You want to match them knowing the kind of mess that they have been recently, the fact that they've now lost seven of their last 10 games and have so much infighting on that team with uh, Jason Widdens yelling at teammates during games, uh, players not wanting the camera on the sideline, so much uh, yelling going on in the locker room post game, and with Jerry Jones coming out with a new quote each and every day, uh, cryptic about the head coach's future, you have uh, no idea, like, know if that team can remain stable enough to get in the postseason so you got to take advantage of that instability of them especially with you know the fact that outside of that game Cowboys have the slightly more difficult schedule the Eagles got to play um the Redskins Cowboys and Giants the Cowboys have the Redskins in their final three, but they also have to play the Rams this Sunday, who the Rams are still fighting to try and get back in the mix for that second wild card spot. So Eagles, as I continue to say, I've been saying at nauseum for the last 15 minutes or so here. It's all right in front of them. They want it. They can have it. 
Just win their games. One at a time. Don't look ahead to next week, no matter how much I, I bring that up. Their mindset has to be win today. Go 1-0 today, and that will get you to uh, your ultimate destination. Now, for the Giants, it continues what has been one of the ugliest Giants seasons of my lifetime. I, can, I can't remember a, a much worse uh, Giants season. And help. It continues what's been an, an ugly last three years. I mean, you realize now, with the loss last night, since that postseason game in Green Bay, the Giants have had three consecutive losing seasons in which they have now gone 10-35 and 35 over that stretch. You want to include the playoff game? They've gone... 10 and 36 in their last 46 games. That year they went to the postseason, they've won 11 games that year. A lot of it is, you know, the uh, front office, a lot of it is head coach, and a lot of it is the the fact that they just don't have very good players on this team. I mean, you have Saquon Barkley, but we all questioned that pick at the time because the Giants weren't ready to win. You have Daniel Jones that has shown promise as a young quarterback, but he still has a problem with fumbling the football. Uh, but outside of that, there, you know, there's not many things that you can hang your hat on as a Giants fan and look at that and say, that gets me excited. I mean, Darius Slayton ha- has... Uh, played uh, well for uh, them and has been a good late-round pick um, by uh, Dave Gettleman. But, you know, you've had so many injury issues with uh, Shepard this year, with uh, Ingram. you got to wonder about their future as far as uh, being consistent pieces there. You have a a lot of older players on this defense that aren't going to be going here uh, here going forward other than maybe Leonard Williams, who I give him credit. I've ripped him a lot because I don't think he was a true impact player uh, for the New York Jets. He played uh, fairly well last night, uh, seemed to be all over the field. Did did not have a sack. I mean, he did his, his uh, typical where he gives just enough pressure to make you think that he's going to get to the quarterback, but he... Uh, Played fairly well. Uh, was one of the guys in there that got um, to Carson Wentz on that early uh, uh, fourth down stop in the first quarter. But this is a giant team that is uh, severely lacking in talent on both sides of the field. But that still doesn't excuse what's been a horrible job coaching this year for Pat Shermer. And he seems to give you the same rhetoric each and every single week. It's it's almost on the level of the Ben McAdoo, oh, I got to look at the tape uh, nonsense, giving you stuff like, oh, well, you, you know, the, the games aren't giving a true showing of how much better we're improving each and every week. You got to watch practice. I mean, practice is practice. That's what gets you ready for the game, it, you're saying they're getting ready, better in practice. It's not showing when it really matters. And, you know, 
this guy really should be fired. I know if you're the Giants, you don't want to consistently go through this uh, firing a head coach every two years. But now this is a second straight, ugly, disappointing season in which, no, what is this guy now, 7-23 as uh, the Giants head coach, something like that, 7-22? Oh, he's got to go. If, if he, you're clearly not seeing the improvements you want out of um, Daniel Jones, uh, the, the fumbles and turnovers continue to uh, be a problem, and we'll see going forward, does he play any more this year? Is Does the high ankle sprain get uh, better enough so he can play one or two more games going down the stretch? Although, you could argue, what's the purpose now? But... Um, now, if he's going to continue to deflect on that, get, n- not act like an issue, it's an issue, you need someone to get in here and help fix that so it's not continuously an issue. So this is, when you look back, just a blip on the radar for Daniel Jones saying, oh, just a rookie year thing. He had more, more ball security going forward. Otherwise, the trend continues, and then you you know two three years down the road, um, and you're going to be looking for a new quarterback in the draft. You're going to be looking uh, for a new guy that you're hopeful is, you know, your franchise quarterback for the next 15, 16 years, like what you've gotten from Eli Manning, who I was glad to see that he got one more chance. Like, I was glad to see that he got one more game in, in here, and. No, I know we can't truly tell what the future is for Eli Manning, but just based off the fact that the entire Manning family was there, I don't think this was just a, oh, Eli's playing for the first time in 12 weeks kind of situation here. Um, No, he's probably uh, privately had conversations with them. The family knows what his... uh, future plans probably are. I mean, we all know the writing's on the wall. He's not going to be back with the Giants next year. That, to me, was a sign that he's probably going to retire when all is uh, said and done. But I uh, don't think that you know him losing last night, falling to 116 and 117, is going to have an effect on any Hall of Fame uh, legacy resume because, let's face it, the last three years, people want to make it all about Eli Manning, why they were losing. No, they were losing because they had bad teams. The The first of the three years, yet all the receivers get hurt. Beckham, Brandon Marshall, everybody was playing with guys that they were pulling out of the stands. Last year, they were just a legitimately bad team all the way around. They miscalculated by uh, drafting uh, Saquon Barkley with the second overall pick. This year, they probably shouldn't have brought him back because when you draft a young quarterback so early in the draft, you should be, with the way today's NFL is and the salary cap, you got to play them right away. We're beyond the days of guys getting, uh, you know, three years sitting there like Aaron Rodgers to develop uh, behind the scenes before becoming uh, the starter. you got to play your guy right away. So 
You know, I don't think what's happened these last couple of years should have any real impact on Eli's Hall of Fame uh, chances, Hall of Fame resume. The, to me, it's already written in stone. He beat the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in the NFL twice, ended uh, the undefeated season in one of uh, those, and backed it up showing that it was no fluke by beating them again four years later. As well as he was the NFL's ultimate Ironman in a in a league where we're seeing quarterbacks go down with little injuries all the time. He, he had gotten beaten up so many times over the years with some of the bad offensive lines that he had in front of him. Had injuries uh, like a plantar fasciitis tear and um, still kept going out there. The only thing that ended that streak is a stupid head coach thinking that Geno Smith gave them a better opportunity to win a game in Oakland three years ago. Otherwise, we'd still be talking about this streak. We'd be talking about him uh, potentially uh, passing Brett Favre's uh, record streak. So, I was, as I said, I was glad to see him get one more ch- uh, chance in the spotlight one more uh, primetime game in what may have been his final Monday Night Football game of his career. But I don't think anything that happened last night, this year, or the, the previous two years in what's been an ugly time in Giants history will have any effect in the long term on this man's um, chances of, of being enshrined in Canton, Ohio. For this Tuesday... December 10th, 2019, I'm M3, and that was my opinion. I'll be back later this week with a recap on Thursday Night Football, no matter how ugly it gets for the New York Jets that night. Until then, be sure to check out my other podcast, Keeping It Sports with M3, on facebook.com slash Keeping It Sports with M3. You can also find the uh, video version of the podcast on YouTube. Just type in Keeping It Sports with M3. Everyone enjoy the rest of your night. Peace.